Hello, and welcome to Tic Tac Talk, episode three. I'm Rob. I'm Candace. And today we're going to talk about the Android sabbatical. So Candace, you invented the Android sabbatical. Could you give us a little film? I know it's not really a true sabbatical. Uh, Android sabbatical, TM, TTT, uh, was a term I made up uh, to kind of describe every single year that I would sell my iPhone a month early before the keynote and then switch to Android for about a month. And so I always just said I switched to an Android phone. Uh, and a lot of people would ask me because they'd be like, Candace, where's your iPhone? Where's your iPhone? And I think last year I just made a joke about how I wanted to go on an Android sabbatical and escape iOS for a little bit. So in this episode, we're actually kind of discussing what I'm doing this week, which is going on the Android sabbatical in 2016. Yeah. So for those of you listening, I will be setting the rules for the sabbatical and Candace will be diligently following. Um, and we're just going to run down on what those are right now before we dig into our experiences with Android and what we think of the operating system as it is now. Um, but quickly, let me just explain to you how I guess did it logistically, just for oh, anyone who's yeah, wondering. Yeah, that's important. Um, so I'm on AT&T, which utilizes SIM cards. So before the episode started, I've already moved my SIM card from my iPhone 6S Plus uh, into the phone that I'm using right now, and that is announcing I'm using the OnePlus 2 uh, on AT&T. It's actually a loaner phone from a friend, and so I'll be using that as my main Android phone. So Candace has moved the SIM, she's in it for one week, and she is rocking Android 5.1 Lollipop. So we're ready to go. Um, so the first condition is kind of a given. You have to use full Google services. Now you kind of already do that, so that shouldn't be too hard. Yeah, I'm pretty much like a Google services living in an iPhone body. I'm on Google Contacts, uh, Google Photos, Google Docs and everything too. So that wasn't actually too hard. Once again, logistically, it was actually pretty easy for me to move all my information over just because I'm already on, on the Google servers. Mm. Mm. Kind of makes you wonder, why are you using iOS? We'll get into that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so one condition, you know, with Android, customization is huge. Um, so I would like you to try at least one custom launcher or icon pack and use it for like a full day. A full day, um, okay. You know, maybe a full six to eight hours, but okay. really get an experience with it and get your impression, whether it be negative or positive, on the customizability that Android offers. Okay. And so if for anyone who does not know Rob personally, Rob was actually, Rob's been on every, pretty much every major platform uh, before now he's on his iPhone success. But what do you recommend for a good Google or Android launcher for your phone? Well, um, since you're using the OnePlus 2 and it comes with Oxygen OS, if it was my phone, um, I'm a big fan of the stock Android experience, so I probably would go to the Google Now launcher. Um, now I know you've already loaded that up as you're playing with it right now. Yeah, that's what I'm rocking right um, now. But I think it'd be good, you know, to try, um, what's the really popular, Go Launcher I think is one of the really popular ones. I have a, so when I was using, on my previous Android sabbaticals, I've actually downloaded the premium version of, of Nova Launcher. Have mm -hmm. you ever used Nova Launcher? I have used Nova Launcher, not, not Nova Launcher, not the premium version, um, but that's you know perfectly good as well. Does that qualify for the regulations, Rob? <laughs> that could definitely qualifies. Okay, cool. Okay. Um, no iPad, we've given that to our producer, Selena. So my iPad Air 2, which is mainly my, is my main iOS tablet, is now in the safe but locked hands of our producer, Selena. Just to be clear, she's not using any other iOS tablets, right? Uh, I own multiple iPads, but they are not with me at school, so I okay. will not have access to an iOS tablet. Okay. Um, we are allowing Candace to use Apple Music on Android because she pays for it. That is one service we're gonna omit because she already used up her trial of Google Play. Google um, Play and Spotify and YouTube Red have all been used by me, so. So for the sake of economy, we're gonna go with that. It's called the college <laughs> student budget. Yep, yep, reasonable. If you have any local music though, 
Maybe. I have I use like all my my whole iTunes library, my local library has been uploaded to Google Play Music. Okay. So I will use that if I need, want to listen to something. I think that's fair. Um, she'll be using Google Reminders in addition to Evernote. And are you going to be replacing your Tasks app? I don't know. So Rob is trying to get me to switch to Google Reminders, and I like it how you can speak through the interface as it's kind of frictionless. But there's no set list of tasks that you need to do, which I really rely on. Well, let me let me amend that statement a little bit. So I'm coming from Android, and one of the features I definitely miss the most is the integration with reminders. You can type one into your browser. You can say it to your phone. You can type it into your phone. You can do it pretty much any way you can think of. You can create a reminder, which is awesome. It's super yeah. extensible. Um, and you can view the reminders. But the way Android has it set up is you can either view them as Google Now cards that only appear when they're coming up, or you can use Inbox, and they appear in Inbox. Oh, I don't okay. really understand that one, because okay. it's not even like pre-installed. But if that's critical to you, you can actually see them and like modify them. Okay. But it's not as straightforward as a dedicated tasker or um, just an iOS Reminders app. Okay, so I'll put in my best effort to use Google Reminders. I'm pretty ingrained into Todoist, especially with their newest updates for Mac OS X and stuff, but that I will definitely use yeah. it this week. Okay, fair enough. Um, I think it'd be really great if you made one Photosphere. Are you familiar? Uh, yes, I, I made one once on the iOS app to try with Google Cardboard, but I will make another yeah. Photosphere. It's come a long way. I remember I made my first one back in Ice Cream Sandwich, and doing it in Lollipop was like night and day. Oh, it's really? really impressive. Okay. And even compared to services like Microsoft's Photosynth, it's definitely um, by and far surpassed them. I think they're putting a lot of effort into it now with the focus on Google Cardboard. So I think you'll be impressed. I would definitely try it. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask you, so this is a little bit weird, but so on iOS, one thing that I hate is how Google Docs integrates. Now, I know you live in a lot of Google services on iOS, yeah. but compared to Android, the integration is so fluid and the way apps can just open up into one another. So I want you to um, write the show notes for our next episode using your Android phone and your Microsoft Bluetooth keyboard. Um, I think that's fair because you know the show okay. notes are relatively brief. I'm not asking you to write like an essay here, Okay. but you're still getting that experience of going into the drive and then opening up Google Docs, which is, in my opinion, a pain on iOS, mm -hmm. and it's very seamless on Android. So okay. I think you'd be very impressed. So yeah, so since, uh, so logistic on, the logistics behind our show is I usually help write a lot of the show notes and I write them on my computer or on my iPhone um, and then I copy and paste it into our CMS to get managed. So for this week, I will, oh, you will be doing it on my Android phone. It, at least partially. I know okay. like some of the markdown might as well just use your computer, but okay. as much as you can. I will write all the content that does not need to be formatted. Yeah, perfect. Um, I want to use Google Fit. Google Fit, okay. Well, so what is Google Fit? So it's essentially the health app on iOS, but ported to, well, not ported, but the Google version of that. Okay. Um, I really like it. It has great material design, cool animations when you hit your rewards, um, or your goals, rather. And um, it plugs into third-party services in the same way that um, the, health, the health kit does. So I would challenge you to use that. Um, okay. I don't know if you use any other third-party health apps. No, I was pretty much just strictly with my Apple Watch and the, like the fitness rings and through Apple, through okay. Apple Health. Yeah, and they offer something pretty comparable to that. Okay. You can put in workouts. It has a fitness ring. It tracks um, non-moving calories, too, which is a nice feature. Oh, okay. Um, and one caveat that we didn't mention is we are allowing Candace to still use her Apple Watch. Mm -hmm. It won't be connected to anything, but she'll have a timepiece. <laughs> so, yeah, my Apple Watch will actually just literally be a watch. So yeah. all the complications that rely on the connection with the phone won't be useful. So I'm just wearing it as a watch. But on the bright side, you'll get to use that nice new blue band you ordered. 
Yeah, I did order a, a band. I actually would really recommend, as a side note, it's a Moco from Amazon. It was like 15 bucks, and they have very similar sport bands, which I wow. really recommend. So I'll definitely include that in the show notes that I'll be writing for this week if you guys want to check it out. Cool, cool. So yeah, so we made that exception because of the band, but understandably. Okay. Okay, I want you to use a minimum of two widgets on your start screen. Okay, all right. Um, and I say two because I feel like the calendar widget is one of the best features of Android, just having that one swipe away. I know it's in the notifications bar on mm -hmm. iOS, but I, I like the Android one better. Are um, you, did you use the Android calendar or did you use a third-party calendar app when you were on Android? Yeah, so I actually have it with me right here. Um, I use Google Calendar just because that's what I always use. I thought the widget was, you know, it fits, it's inoffensive. I know there's a lot of third-party ones, so that would be fine too. Okay. I just thought getting that widget experience is really important Okay. to really truly understand, you know, the breadth of Android. Um, I want to use Android Pay at least once. Okay. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, actually requiring you to spend some money. All right. But that's a problem. I think you'll be impressed how comparable it is to iOS. I know payments on Android used to be kind of a mess, but um, recently I did the Tap 10 thing, and it was more or less seamless. Um, it should be a lot better with your phone because I didn't have a fingerprint reader, so it was definitely a little struggle. I'd try to put in my code and I'd move the phone. For you, it should be a lot easier, though. Using the fingerprint sensor yeah. on the OnePlus 2. And um, there is the Rite Aid down the street does take Android Pay. So if you just want to go buy, like, a, I don't know, a candy An iced bar. tea, yeah. yeah, or something like that. Okay. <laughs> You'll be impressed. Um, I want you to try Play Newsstand. Oh, okay. I tried it. Um, I don't use really any reader read aggregate feed aggregators okay which is essentially what it is so if you just try it. i know i, I don't know how it. your workflows with information i'm currently i've i'm really reliant on twitter obviously and then i've moved back to rss i've moved back to feedly on my iphone last week so i was planning to install feedly but i'll hold off for now i, I wouldn't i wouldn't blame you if you installed feedly it's pretty popular on android too i just recommend at least trying it okay definitely okay um and then one kind of weird one. I want you to try installing an app from your browser to the phone. Oh, so going through the Play Store on my computer yeah. and then sending as a download. Okay. You know, I think this is one area where Google really shines. Like it is so much more seamless. Yeah, but just browsing, like if you're on the computer and you see the app instead of having to switch to your iPhone, I mean switch to your mm -hmm. device yeah. uh, and typing it in, you can just do it all in one click. Okay. Definitely. Well, one, one last one. Um, and this might have been a given, but I want to, you know, set the rules clear. I think you should use the Gmail app. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. that was already given. I was planning to use the I know you're using Outlook now, so I just thought I'd throw it in. Do you know if Outlook is available on... Outlook is available on Android. What's the general consensus on Outlook? I think it's pretty comparable to what it is on iOS, mm -hmm. but the Gmail app on Android is much, much better than the one on iOS. I was about to say, it almost feels like the Gmail app on iOS is like a web wrapper, yeah. and like I felt super delayed, super glitchy when I was using it about maybe a year and a half ago, and I've gone through a journey of finding mail apps, landed on Outlook, but I'm going to go back to Gmail for Android. Android definitely. Um, email is one of the strong suits, I would say, hands down. Okay. Gmail and Android is. I'm beautiful. excited. Like I wanted to use fundamentally Gmail on iOS. It just was never great. Yeah. No, I think that's by design. I, don't, I think you're, you know, <laughs> yeah. in the majority there without opinion. Okay, so we have some rules laid out. Candace has been using her phone for less than an hour, probably now, right? Yeah, I'm still just trying to set it up, getting all my basic apps and stuff. Rob can see that I'm like, you know, downloading the basic Snapchat, yeah. Reddit, and stuff. I'm trying to relearn how to use it. Got my fingerprint all set up and everything. Oh, nice, nice. Um, but so what are your initial thoughts? Um, I, there's definitely, so I've been doing this a couple of years. I think I started back in 2010, 2009, when I was still in high school, going on an Android sabbatical. Because usually the way it worked is um, I would buy an iPhone, 
I would know the keynote was coming up for the new one coming out in the fall or even in the summer. I would sell my phone about a, a month or uh, earlier just to make up a little bit more money and then I would switch to a device. So the first device I've ever used on Android was the HTC Inspire, which was an uh, uh, AT&T exclusive phone running the most terrible version of TouchWiz. Oh, wow. Um, and it was a little bit smaller than your current wait, wait, Moto wait. X. HTC. Yeah. That was, um, it's not TouchWiz. Oh, it's not touch with it's a uh, sense. H- sense, yeah. HTC Sense. Come on. So I use that. Um, I actually owned an Android tablet too, so I've owned Honeycomb. Nex- I had a Nexus Seven. Okay, okay. So I think that's, that's afterwards, better, yeah. yeah. Um, and then since then, I've used an HTC One M Seven, mm-hmm. uh, which was the stock version, uh, and then a Samsung Galaxy S Three running Cyan at Jimod, and then now I'm on the One Plus Two. So okay. that's kind of my journey through Android devices. Okay, okay. So what are your thoughts on Lollipop? I'm excited. I think, I think a lot of my old reservations about Android did come with the UI design mm-hmm. and a lot of the elements where it didn't feel very cohesive. I think Android has done a really great job of incorporating uh, material design into a lot of their apps. And I, mean, I hope a lot of the third-party apps that I use regularly follow in that suit. I haven't tried them all yet, so I'm not sure what to expect. But I like that cohesion of design that I, I feel like I get usually through iOS. So I'm excited to experience that. Mm-hmm, definitely. And I think, um, in, in my opinion, as a core operating system, um, I think Android, you know, I'm not going to how much of them is better. I think that's very subjective. But material design has added a lot of depth to the operating system, made it much, much more accessible for the average user. I think the animations are much more um, intuitive. There's like a than, meaning behind the material, really, or behind the animations, which you don't usually get with iOS. Definitely. And people like Joshua Topolsky have argued that it's actually more intuitive, better design, not necessarily more beautiful, but smarter interaction for the consumer. Um, so I'd love to hear what you think of that. I, there's definitely parts that I definitely miss about Android. Um, kind of what I mentioned before, switching between apps on iOS, you know, asking to open this app, going into it, like yeah. going back, it's much more seamless. And the idea of a constant back button, um, there's times when I definitely miss that. Now iOS has kind of replicated that with a little go back app. Yeah, app and thing. then like different apps have implemented it. But I'm not, I, like, I'm still getting used to once again having the multitasker, multitasking button yeah. on the bottom and then also the back button. So I'm yeah. still trying to get used to having that again. It's not part of my muscle memory at this point. Definitely, definitely. And you know, it's it's really what you learn, but um, I, I'm a big fan of the material design. I think it works well for them. So I'd love to hear what you think. Yeah, I'm excited. I guess my one biggest point of concern is just the apps, switching to the apps. I'm reliant on a couple of apps that are iOS only. So I'll be working to kind of find the equivalents, but probably the biggest ones um, are TweetBot on an iOS. So that's my main Twitter application. I know there's a couple of great ones mm-hmm. for the Android phones, but I, I'm right now using the Twitter app itself, which I'm not a big fan of. I'm hoping to find a better alternative. What are you missing on the Twitter app? It's just the I, design? I just don't like the experience. I've never fully like it, and I like having timeline syncing. I know I can't get that anymore since I'm not on TweetBot, since I have TweetBot on, TweetBot on my Mac. But I just want a beautiful experience. I feel like the best service I have with the best quality Android apps is Reddit. Is that just me? There are some really good Reddit apps for um, Android. I'm going to have to look up which one I was using. It's like a very distinct difference. Like I feel like a lot of other apps are made iOS first, but any Reddit experience, it's like made so well on Android, I feel like. Yeah. You won't be disappointed with Android. Twitter, um, if I'm being frank, I think there are better um, iOS versions than Android, but there yeah. are some pretty beautiful ones. I know Phoenix MKBHD uses. Phoenix. Nice. I heard of Talon as well, too. Yeah, Talon. I downloaded that for a bit. I went back to the stock one, I think, because I wanted to see my favorites. But oh, that might okay. have changed now. Okay, yeah, I haven't used it. So when I was on my last Android sabbatical, I was using Talon. But the only issue was it was off the App Store for a while, and they were having issues with, like, 
developer keys for Twitter and stuff. So it was kind of janky because you had to manually update the APKs. Mm -hmm. um, but I'll do some investigation. You should also definitely try the Amazon apps on Android because those are vastly different. So the issue with the Amazon apps, though, right, is that the developers sometimes update the like the Google Play version, but they don't update for Amazon, right? You're kind of stuck in this silo. Yeah, you know, I think um, what you'll find is a lot of the Amazon stuff that they offer, um, and I'm talking about the App Store, right? Mm -hmm. We're on the same page here. The best experiences will be with the games. Okay. With the not games. with the other activities or productivity apps, because that is definitely right. They get updated officially through Google Play. But that said, I mean, Minecraft is, what, 6 $7 on the Play Store? You can get it for like a dollar on Amazon. On Amazon, which really? is pretty incredible. Do you still partake? Like, do they still give away that free app of the day as well? They do. Yeah. So I know you're not a big gamer, but I think it's cool to you know explore the flexibility you have with Android and the multiple venues for getting the content that you really want. Yeah, I'm not a big iOS gamer. Um, if you like go through the list, even if our producer went through the list of games and stuff, it's very casual puzzle gaming and stuff. But I'll definitely check it out. Um, it's not because I don't believe Android has good games at this point. It's just I've never had the need to. Mm -hmm. I'd also highly recommend the. Um, the Google Surveys app. I think I mentioned this to you earlier, but for those free credits in the store. I think I'm going to do that just because I don't want to, at this point, financially invest like in Talon or something if yeah. I know I'm only going to be using it for a little bit. So I'm going to do the Surveys app to get Definitely. the Google Play credits. Cool, cool. All right. Um, so that's. we'll see what you have to say after a week, right? Yeah, I'm a, so I'm, I'm just apprehensive because I feel like this is the longest period of time that I've gone iOS only. And moving to the Success Plus, I'm so reliant on it uh, as a tool for my daily life. So. I'm excited for the shakeup. I think it's important for me to stay observant of the rest of the environment. Um, but I'm, I'm just a little bit nervous. You know, I don't want to be in the situation where I was like, oh, I wish I had my iPhone. Yeah, well, follow the Twitter. Candice will be sharing her experiences, definitely, right? Yeah, if anything, I'll be, if you follow our Twitter account, which is at Tic Tech Talk Show, um, I'll be giving you maybe an uh, image of my, my setup, you know, my Android home screen. Oh, nice, that be nice. cool? Um, and just kind of maybe picture samples from the OnePlus 2, because it's also experience to try the OnePlus 2. Yeah, the OnePlus 2 is a beautiful phone. Yeah, I've, I'm, I've actually truthfully heard mixed things. Mm -hmm. I was super close. You guys can't see it over audio, but I was like this close of buying the original OnePlus 1, because at its price point, it was super interesting. I just never did. But I've heard mixed things about Oxygen OS, which I'll be experiencing this week since they've moved away from CyanogenMod. Mm -hmm. uh, and I just heard it's, it was supposed to be like the, the favorite of Android, but it's not. And there's, yeah. I heard there's reasons, so I don't know what they are, but I've heard mixed reviews. It's too bad we couldn't get you like a Nexus 6 or something. That would have been great. Yeah, maybe next time. Maybe next Android sabbatical, I'll be yeah. using the Nexus 7 <laughs> XP. I don't know. <laughs> if we get some sponsors. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We're talking to you, Google, directly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, our next segment, we're going to talk about some of the Android devices that mm -hmm. are currently out there. Um, so. The first one, or I guess we want to talk first on our experiences with Android. So you talked a little bit, you've had your sabbaticals, and you've never just bought an Android phone, is that correct? I purchased, so the funny story is, actually Rob, you probably don't know this either, the way I won my HTC One M7 was I went to an Engadget meetup in New York City about two years ago, and I entered a Twitter raffle. Oh, wow. And about two months later, I got messaged from Engadget directly that I had won this phone. And so it was the Google Play edition of the HTC One M7. Oh wow, that's a beautiful phone. So I use that mainly. I like I used it as like a Wi-Fi device for a long time, and so when it came time to sell my iPhone early, I think I used that phone the most extensively uh, and the longest okay. out of all the Android phones. Okay, cool. So give me some background where I'm coming from. Um, I have not had as many smartphones as you, but um, I had the original, or not the original, but I had the Droid Razor for um, a good part of my high school career. 
career. <laughs> yeah, but I used the original Droid Razor, so that was right when Ice Cream Sandwich came out. I had a tough decision with that and the um, Galaxy Nexus. No, the, yeah, the Galaxy Nexus on Verizon. Oh, okay. So I was torn between those two. Ultimately, I went with the Droid, um, and it was pretty good. From there, I switched to Windows Phone briefly. Then I went back to Android. I got the Moto X we see in front of us, Moto X version 2. It's still one of my favorite phones, the way it's designed. And then Rob has the, is it the bamboo back? It is the bamboo back. That's the phone I coveted for the longest time. I wanted a Motorola Android phone for so long. I pull, almost pulled a trigger on a Moto G or a Moto X so many times. Really? Yeah. I, I think you can tell from a trend, my favorite Android manufacturers at this point, HTC and Motorola. Really? Mm -hmm. I've been very impressed with what Samsung has been doing lately. And if you just saw in... Um, in a mobile world conference, yeah. the G5 and the S7. I'm not impressed, I, like, I don't really care about the S7, I'm just not a fan anymore and they're losing so much market share, but I think what LG is doing with their G5 and that friends interchangeability, um, that would get me excited. If LG gave me that for some reason, I would use that for a month on my own, I feel like. Really? I think so, yeah. I feel exactly the opposite of you. Really? So I feel like the G5 is undeniably cool mm -hmm. and a great like revolution in Android phones, but because it's an Android phone and because it's LG, you know, if it was Samsung, I'd actually feel better about it. But I feel like LG can go from like, I don't want to say gimmick because I feel like the friends, which are the accessories to the G5, yeah. are more than gimmicks. Like, they have some serious features mm -hmm. and very, very cool. But in terms of like, you know, is this going to be backwards compatible with the G6? I don't know. Yeah. I'm kind of doubtful. We haven't heard pricing on the accessories or on the friends. So I think that's no. the one thing that's keeping us from making us making our final decisions on what it is but yeah I but my issue with that sentiment about LG and what they're doing is you can say that about any Android manufacturer right the biggest issue with Android is since all the phones run the fundamental same software then these companies these hardware manufacturers must decide on what they differentiate and a lot of times they do it with software so they release their own proprietary layer on top of Android which I feel like ruins the surface and I feel like you you always fear relying on a manufacturer feature, mm -hmm. not knowing whether or not it will be taken away. So that I understand, but I think, I don't know, I think the hardware is so interesting, and if I were to invest into the ecosystem, I would with these hardware components. That's fair, um, but you know, conversely, I feel like Samsung is, um, while their market share may be decreasing, that's mm -hmm. totally valid, um, and I, I can understand that, you know, they're selling themselves as a premium Android manufacturer, where the, far, where the biggest growing Android sector is the low end, especially all these new Chinese manufacturers, yeah. um, like Xiaomi, I'm saying that right. Um, but that's it. I think Samsung's design has never been better. I think we can both agree on that. It's definitely better from the plastic, but at this point, I don't know. I just have have never been a fan of of wait of the hardware or the software. Both. Both. Yeah, I think Samsung has been my least favorite Android manufacturer since the beginning. Have you seen the Galaxy Note Five in person? I've held it. No, the thing is, I have no issue with it at this point. But I think it's just a combination of the hardware and software together it makes it odious. Especially when Samsung was even considering moving off of Android completely and running their own operating system. I just feel like they're just trying to, they're, they're setting their net so far and they're just trying to find the next big gimmick. Whereas you've seen a couple of the other Android manufacturers kind of recede back with their software and put less of their fingerprints on it. I don't see that as much with Android. You still hear about software bloat. You still hear about poor battery life with these Samsung devices. I don't know about that one. I, I think this is our first big disagreement on the air, but you know, Samsung has a history of doing this. This isn't new to them. Every yeah. single market they've gone into, they've thrown everything, including the kitchen sink, to the wall and just seen what's stuck. 
And that's that's like their strategy. You know, at first yeah. I thought it was crazy too, but I've been looking into them and like this is totally correct. And then they usually end up winning the market. And I think for Android, it, it's fair to say they are earning the lion's share of the profits, correct? Yeah. And I, 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 I see your point. There is definitely a beauty about stock Android that cannot be denied. But that said, you know, Samsung isn't Google. And Google does not want to make an experience for Samsung. That's yeah, very clear. of course. Um, so maybe I'm thinking a little bit about this in a business sense, but um, while I'm not the biggest lover of TouchWiz, it has gotten a lot less offensive. I think we can both agree on that. Yeah, I believe that. And to that point, I, I personally think the hardware is beautiful. Uh, my girlfriend has a Galaxy S6, and I, I was shocked when she first saw it. I think it looks it's really good. It's a nice piece of hardware, but even now, with all the other Android phones out there, it'd still be the last phone I would pick. And I know it's the highest, like I know if you go on the wire cutter and you look at the Verge and stuff like that too, it is the highest rated Android phone. But even at this generation of Android phone, I think the LG G4 with its leather back, or even with the Motorola designs of the phones, I think their hardware is more, it's, it's classier, it's more distinct. Now, to that point though, I feel like Samsung is truly, and not just because of market share, but in their um, design of their products, the biggest competitor Apple has right now because they're building an ecosystem around Galaxy devices. That's now, true. Yeah. I don't know anybody who's like all in on Samsung stuff, but mm -hmm. you could feasibly be. Um, Tens, it is called Tenzin, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that is a great operating system, not necessarily for phones, which they've implemented on some like low end stuff, but um, for their smart fridges, for their smart appliances. So, you know, as a kind of an underlying backbone, I heard they put in a TV and it was actually great. Because yeah. it's so it, it's, it's very minimal. Is very inoffensive. And then, like, that system of using that with the phones, with their screen technology, you know, they always yeah. have the best components. The screen on the S6 is incredible. Yeah, actually, I take, I take my point back. My only exception to the rule of saying I wouldn't buy a Galaxy S6 or a Note over any other manufacturer is if I were also able to get their VR headset. Yeah, so their VR that. experience, I heard, is amazing. I would love well, to try it. with Oculus. I know. That's maybe the only differentiator for me that would make me choose it over any other manu manu uh, manufacturer at this point. I know HTC and a couple of LG has also released their own headsets, but there hasn't been any real in-depth reviews, but I've heard the Android experience with the Samsung VR is amazing. They also have a Samsung Pay, which shouldn't be laughed about. And that's utilizing the technology they bought up from that startup, right? It is, but they can use that on just about any card Correct. reader, even if it doesn't take wireless payments. That's, that's interesting, yeah. I'm yeah. so, like, I wasn't sure what they were going to do with buying that starter. I thought they might let, just let it die, but I'm really glad they've implemented it into their own phones. Yeah, and then the Gear, um, what is it, the Gear Watch 2, mm -hmm. the spinning bezel, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I guess it, it's cool how it mimics the hardware of a real watch. I would still be hesitant on relying on software made purely by Samsung and not on Android, because they actually released their own version of the watches before Android Wear came out, That's right? That's true. And it was proprietary Samsung software. It is still that case with the new Gear Watch 2. Oh, okay. They released some Android Wear watches as well, but the Gear Watch 2 runs, um, I think it's Tizen actually, Tizen, Tizen OS. Okay. Um, but that said, the people who have, well, first of all, Samsung is putting tons of money into this. Like it is getting major apps on it, not in the way uh, the Android Wear or app or watch OS is, but it's it's you know it's it's usable it's decent okay um, especially considering it's just one manufacturer one very small operating system yeah I also personally and I think I'm not alone in this think that that idea of rotating the bezel is much more powerful than just this little crown it's much more you know that that's what I would do myself if I was designing a watch I think that's so easy because you can turn it um, like a dial you know and it's much more I feel like the the crown is cool but it's 
it's an add-on and it takes away from like the sleek profile design. So from just a industrial design perspective, I feel like it is the no compromise design. Yeah. Is it more, you know, I can, I can see the argument that you're gonna inevitably, inevitably cover your content but and that's the thing that the digital crowd is meant to prevent, right? It's meant so your finger is like the farthest distance from the screen when you're interacting with it. True. And I think that's a point that's um, fair and can be argued. But um, what I'm saying is, you know, I think it's probably one of the best competitors to the Apple Watch right now in terms of hardware. In terms of hardware. I haven't seen it up close. I feel like I get a little bit lost in all the Samsung news. So I haven't seen the hardware design. I would argue that maybe even, I, I still like the Moto 360, like the original one. I've seen the second one. Um, but knowing what Samsung has really done to revitalize their hardware design, I believe you 100%. So to be clear, I've never had a Samsung phone. I've not had many Samsung devices, um, but I've been following them closely. And I also know they're hiring more and more software talent from the US, from existing tech startups. And they're very aware of the problems with their products and they're working hard to fix them. And I respect that. I think, you know, I, th I think they are one of the strongest Android manufacturers and they're doing the most for the brand. Um, I'm still very content with my iPhone's success, but I think we'll, we'll have to see. I think Samsung is going to have a lot of, what Samsung is going to do with Android in the future will be very interesting. And I predict, well, the G5 is the cooler, more gadget-like phone. I think yeah. the S7 will be the higher selling. Yeah. For normals. Yeah, I, that's I, I, I think I believe. I think LG does have the potential of really swooping in and coming in as a top player, because usually people look for the best Android phone. And I think for the longest time running, it might be going to Samsung in that way, but I feel like LG has a chance. But my question to you is, if I forced you into an Android sabbatical and I gave you a lump sum of money, which Android phone would you buy today? Put your money <laughs> where your mouth is. Okay, well, um, don't call me a hypocrite, but I would definitely get the Nexus. That's because okay, of the stock yeah. experience. Yeah, yeah. Um, that said, I would be very interested to try the Note 5. I, only because, mm -hmm. and I think this feature is killer, you click the pen when the screen's off and you can write on it. Yeah, like a notepad. Yeah, that's I would really, use that. That's a lot. really cool. So, you know, there is, uh, Samsung has definitely had a problem in the past with like the devices not feeling cheap and premium. And Odious, I think, could be a fair complaint about like the S3, S4. Mm -hmm. But they're making a lot of progress. And I think, you know, in years to come, I would, I would consider it. It might be where I would put my money. Really? Okay. I'll, I'll look into it more then because maybe I'm feeling a little bit more biased. You know, opinions are fair. All right. Um, we did want to touch on Android Wear. Have you ever used Android Wear? I've never used it. I've only seen it, and I remember seeing the Moto 360 reviews and stuff and being really impressed by their, by their hardware design, but I have actually never experienced it. Yeah, neither have I. And <laughs> I can only speak from impressions, so let's move on. Um, so Remix OS, the desktop version of Android. What are your thoughts on that? On Android as a true productivity platform, you know, um, as opposed to iOS trying to make a new productivity platform? I think the bigger question is whether or not Google's going to really invest in this type of, like, the question is whether or not Google is going to acquire this company, right? Because they really believe in the mission and they really like the product. But they invested so much money into Chrome OS, which is their operating system for low power, cheap computing. So it makes me really question, you know, there's, there's speculation and rumors that Android was going to take over for Chrome OS and they were actually going to merge into one product. Um, they said that they were going to, but you never know how Google's going to change their mind. So do you think the future of Google's desktop operating will be in Android, or will it be with Chrome and Chrome OS? I hope Chrome OS. I think it's too late for this to happen, but I think Chrome as a mobile operating system or something like Chrome OS on mobile would have been killer. 
I think the potential of Chrome as a browser-first operating system is a totally revolutionary idea. And as the internet becomes more prevalent, as network speeds inevitably will increase, as access becomes everywhere, I think that is the way to go. That said, whatever they come out with is probably going to be branded as Android. I predict, though, there will definitely be more of a, um, it'll be more of a fusion. I could see them pushing for like a Chrome desktop experience. Mm -hmm. um, well, you know, they have that you can, yeah. Chrome right now can run Android apps inside of Chrome, you know? Yeah, I've seen that. Like, it's certain apps that have been optimized to do so. I think that speaks to their vision. You know, I can see it like with the Atrix, you plug your phone in. Yeah. There pops up the Chrome browser, and there's your Android experience. Or even um, just, you know, being able to load the apps from your phone onto your desktop computer's browser or something like that. I, I kind of love that vision. I kind of I love the idea of having the open web when I want it and having the reliability and the openness of Chrome, but then all the big holes in the HTML5 apps that don't feel native, that's where Android comes in and kind of plugs in all the holes. So that vision of having that very sleek ultrabook laptop that's $200 that weighs less than a MacBook, costs less than a MacBook, that can do all of that, makes me excited. I think it could even be the case where the Chrome browser, like it doesn't have to be a Chromebook you will get a similar experience. So like, um, did you ever use Windows 8? No, I've never used Windows 8. So they had a Chrome app for Windows 8, not the browser, but a Windows 8 app. And when you open it, it essentially turned your Windows computer into a Chromebook. Into a Chromebook. It had this, it replaced the start menu, it had all the same stuff. And you could switch out of the app and you'd go back to a Windows one, but because Windows didn't have that start menu like pop up over, yeah. there was no obvious way to get back. It basically turns your computer into a Chromebook. I kind of love that as the idea because Rob and I have been talking about computing for our parents. I've switched my mom fully over to a Chromebook from her old MacBook Pro, and I'm this close to do it for my dad. And so if I ever wanted to just invest in cheap hardware, I would buy a really affordable but powerful Windows 8 or now Windows 10 computer and just force it into Chrome. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot you can do with that now. But um, going back to what I was saying, you know, I think that really shows their vision. They want Chrome to be the desktop platform. Yeah. And I think Chromebooks may or may not phase out, but I predict that the merging of the operating systems will be very Chrome-centric. It might be branded as Android, but it'll be like a desktop experience in the browser. Yeah, and I, I, think, I think someone said at one point that Chrome is their Trojan horse into the rest of the world, right? Mm -hmm. Where everywhere that Android can't reach, they have the Chromecast and the browser that you can even load onto iOS. Yeah. So I think that is super powerful. Definitely. I think the Chromebook, you know, is a great product. It may be like the way of the future. I don't know how they're going to fully kill um, iOS or OS X and Windows, if that would ever be the case. But I think it'd always be like you have your Android Google world in the Chrome browser that you can access anywhere in the world. Kind of like a computer that's just literally everywhere, which I think is really cool. Yeah, I actually love that idea. Just log like the same way I almost just logged into this Android phone and everything in my computing universe showed up, I would want that, like kind of just jumping into the window of Chrome. Definitely. Okay. Um, so Candace, one last question, and we should probably try to keep this brief because I'm sure we could go on with this forever. Um, and we'll have to ask this at the end of this week, but why do you prefer iOS to Android? Why do I prefer iOS? So I'm going to just prereq by saying that I am fully immersed into the Apple ecosystem. I have been since 2007 when I switched to a MacBook. And then I use an iPhone starting in 2007. I think a lot of it comes with the fluidity and the seamlessness of the ecosystem. And what I mean by that is that the phone itself, I feel like, still works. Um, there's no drop frame rates. There's consistencies that I still don't really feel with Android. Maybe it's because I'm not comfortable enough. But I think they're just experience that I can't describe. And I just feel like that's not the greatest argument. 
but I've always felt that. And then it's also in the fundamental belief of iOS that the way that they do control the operating system and the hardware makes it special where you don't see it on any device. And I kind of like that experience. That's fair. Would you like me to give my point of view? Yeah, I actually want to hear because you, <laughs> so you've been all over. When I first met you, you were a Windows phone guy, and then you went to the Motorola. And I was kind of surprised when you said that you were considering getting an iPhone, and the next time I saw you, you had an iPhone. So why'd you go back? So let me just start with, I like the idea of Android, and, and also Windows Phone on the same hand, where you know it's an open platform, and you can kind of do whatever. I think that's awesome. I think it's really cool. Um, and one of the reasons I really loved Windows Phone was it was kind of the best of both worlds. It was curated, and um, the experience was more fine-tuned across devices, but it was still very open. You could do whatever you wanted to kind of experience. Um, so I switched to iOS. Why? I felt the operating system was finally open enough. The addition of share cards, was that iOS 8? Yeah. Yeah, that was huge for me. I thought that was cool. Um, and also, I think the biggest thing, and it's not to say I'm not impressed with iOS, just as a whole, I think the platform is very powerful. And the fact that it could be even considered as like a productivity platform by me and others really speaks to the power of it, which is very impressive to me. Um, the big thing, though, I guess, is the ubiquity. You know? Yeah. My entire family is on iOS. Mm -hmm. My, um, every store, you know, everybody's advertising Apple Pay. Even if they support Android Pay, they're advertising Apple Pay. Like, Apple's just everywhere, at least here in the United States. There's, yeah, and that ubiquity also, it's a little bit more superficial, but you're gonna find more accessories too for the iPhone. And so like, even if you go to a store like Five Below, you know, if I go into the store looking for a OnePlus 2 case, I'm not gonna find it. It's always been almost, you know, a status symbol with my phone, with the case, the way I style it, to go into a store and find stuff. Definitely, and I guess, you know, what really hit me was like, um, this past summer, the email client I was using on Android was absolutely horrible. I couldn't get my work email at home. But on iOS, it was great. It just came in. Um, and I am, by my studies, a software, you know, that's what I'm most interested in. So the software that is coming to iOS, I think, is extremely interesting. Yeah. And um, what I've enjoyed most from going to an iPhone is the thoughts they have about the interactions, you know, of the experiences. Um, I think the navigation with the swipes is incredibly cool. I think Siri is, you know, Google Now may be more powerful, but I think the personalization Siri brings is really cool. And I also really appreciate, um, kind of getting to current issues, how it protects their users' privacy. I Where do it's all that. done on the phone versus sending that data to the servers. Yeah. You know, so I think there's things to appreciate there. Um, that said, I'm still a big fan of Android, and I'm excited to see where the platform goes. But right now, I'm really enjoying iOS. Um, will I stay here? Probably for a while. I'm pretty happy with my phone Oh, right really? Now. Okay. I actually haven't, like, never asked you that way. Like, are you happy with iOS? Or, is there, or do you have any major reservations that are trying to pull you away? You know, that's the thing. The biggest things I like about Android are the Google services. And kind of like you were saying earlier, you can live in a Google services world with iOS. And in a lot of ways, I feel like you can get uh, not quite, but pretty close to the best of both worlds on iOS. Even the features I really miss my Windows phone, like the Microsoft keyboard, are coming to iOS. iOS. And for me, yeah. that's huge. That's stuff that I really enjoyed. All the best Android features are coming there too. So yeah. as somebody who really enjoys a lot of different types of technology, to see those features from other platforms being ported over to my current mobile platform is huge. Um, and that said, I'm very happy with my Mac desktop computer and the integrations with that are really big. Um, that's one of the biggest gripes I have with Windows Phone was they sold you on this idea of integration with your Windows desktop. But it wasn't there. there. Was, it was just OneDrive sync, which is, maybe it was kind of unique when That's it like first a band-aid on the larger issue though, right? 
and we can do a whole episode on that. But yes, I mean, <laughs> they, they really have to work on that a lot. But it, there's truly integration with iOS and OSX. Um, the continuity, you know, do I use it all the time? No, but it is very cool and useful from time to time. Yeah. To taking calls between them, texting between them. It's harder to replicate that experience with any other competitor, I feel like, at this point. Definitely. You can make the argument that you can get it on a Chrome, if you're running a Chromebook and you're running an Android phone and all that stuff too. But at this point, out of the box, that type of seamless interaction between all the devices in your ecosystem, I think you have to hand it to Apple. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's the ecosystem, the experiences, the ubiquity. The support um, was one thing I just remember too, is, you know, if I ever had an issue with my iPhone, like the button stopped working, or if I were to knock on wood, crack my screen, it's just a 20 minute way drive where I know the process of getting my phone fixed and I know the cost and I know the technician. With an Android phone, I feel like it's a little bit different. It's a little bit more reliant on either the carrier, which a lot of people rely on, or sending it to the manufacturer and hoping and praying to the Android gods that it works out. Is that still the same experience? That's a fair point. You know, I, I really like my Android phone. From time to time, I still pick it up and use it. I think what's really interesting is like how Google's approaching the fragmentation they have putting more and more of their services on the App Store with regular updates. Um, and I really like Android a lot. I don't want to mislead yeah. the listeners of this show. I think it is, from a philosophy standpoint, one of my favorites. But I, I think, you know, because of that fragmentation, they put themselves in a potentially bad spot. And they can't offer experiences that iOS can. That said, I know there's a lot of pushes for Google to build their own hardware for phones. Yeah. They've already done it for tablets and for computers. It seems logical they would one day build their own phones. Their hardware design is gorgeous too. Like that Definitely. team that worked on the Pixel and stuff, if they get to translate whatever they did there onto an onto an Android phone, I would consider it. Definitely. I think I would really like the experience even more. Definitely. And I think, you know, there's something to be said about a unified hardware experience for a developer. Um, take the Xbox One. They decided to unbundle the Kinect and people were like, well, you can basically, you know, forget any motion gaming with the Xbox One. And that's held true. I think that consistent feature set is one of the biggest selling points of iOS. And that's one of my gripes with the G5 because that feature set is so unique to it. Yeah. When the next Android update comes out and they have to support it, what features are going to be lost? What's not going to be supported in the same way? Yeah. And you know, that's always the thing. It's like the operating system is designed independently. They're always playing catch up. The users aren't getting the upgrades they want. Yeah. It's, it, you know, and, and reasonably so. There's, you know, a compromise to make, and that's the one that they have to make. So, yeah. But I'm excited to see where it goes. And if Google ever made an Android phone, I would be very, very tempted to get that. Yeah, me too. And uh, so I'm also just very excited now with this conversation to jump onto Android. I'm a little bit less hesitant, more excited again. I'm <laughs> actually just really excited to set it up and the whole experience of kind of like unwrapping a new present. Definitely. Um, but I'm excited to share my thoughts, especially since it's been the longest period of time where I haven't gone Android only. So. Yeah, so thank you so much, guys, for listening to our episode. Uh, we also just really want to thank um, all the support that we've been seeing uh, recently sharing our podcast. Uh, you guys actually helped us get into the new and noteworthy section onto iTunes under technology, so we really appreciate that. Um, you can find us on Twitter. Um, our show title is at Tic Tac Talk Show. We would love to hear feedback. I'm at Candace Poon on Twitter, and Rob's at rrusso44 on Twitter. Please feel free to also send us any long longer feedback at tic-tac-talk-show at gmail.com. And you can find us on a whole myriad of places, but you can find us on iTunes, Pocket Cast, Overcast, uh, Stitcher. Stitcher, and soon Google Play Podcast as well. Mm -hmm. And we also want to thank our producer, Selena, for helping us with the production of the show. She's been sitting in for the last couple of episodes, and we just really appreciate the help. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, and until um, next time.
Bye.